pro football jokes. Make it uncomfortable. Welcome to the Pro Football Jokes Podcast. I am joined by uh, what seems to be a regular crew right now, uh, Pep and Reed, the unpaid intern. Uh, the, uh, the, the rest of our crew just uh, couldn't show up after uh, disappointing losses by their favorite teams. Um, you know, Pep and I may have had to deal with that ourselves a little bit, but uh, <laughs> we're still showing up here for work. Um, Pep, how are you feeling? Good. Uh, you obviously hit it right on the head. It's It was a tough week for our staff and our favorite teams, but good thing about pro football jokes is we do have unlimited mental health days. So that's where the rest of our staff is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the one uh, one member of our you know staff, sort of, who uh, got watched the team get a win, uh, Reed, uh, how are you feeling after uh, your team took down the Steelers? It, it feels pretty great, guys. It feels pretty great. I don't get this feeling very often. I think twice in the past five years we've beat the Steelers. So it was, it was a nice uh, turning of the page. And hopefully, you know, Drew doesn't get this feeling for the next five years. Yeah, and you also get to, as a Bengals fan, enjoy uh, the backlash that Pittsburgh fans have, and of course, people like me saying he should just retire right now and not finish the season at all. And he's probably oh, got yeah. twelve under other injuries. Oh yeah, my favorite thing was, uh, you know, watching the win and then being excited to listen to like some podcasts talking about the win, only to be greeted with, you know, a twenty-minute segment about how disappointing the Steelers are and how bad Big Ben is, and like not even mentioning the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like you take as much pleasure in the Steelers' Mitch Fortune as the Bengals' success anyway, so... I mean, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it is uh, a little concerning. Uh, Big Ben has not uh, played particularly well this year. Uh, I think the Steelers' offense has been pretty hot garbage, so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they did beat the Bills week one, who... Uh, seem to have done pretty well since then. So I don't know. Uh, maybe if their defense is able to get healthy, they can still make some noise there, but uh, not not looking great for them. Yeah, not good at all. And they were actually, uh, I, I wouldn't call them overhyped going into this season. Just from a fantasy standpoint, it's just kind of a bummer right now because Najee Harris doesn't have that much of an opportunity to showcase his rushing skills as much he did have that great stiff arm in week one but uh you know they're using him so much in the passing game he's ending up with more receiving yards than you know rushing yards and maybe even more receptions than rushing attempts we might be getting to that point <laughs> i mean yeah big ben can just dump it off now so i mean for uh, if you got him in a in a ppr league then uh he's he i think he was the number one running back this past week I mean, yeah, he had like 40, he had 40 yards rushing. And then I think like 110 receiving yards or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know if I just, I don't see my volume moving. I'm not sure if my stuff is actually being recorded, it, by the way. It, it is. Uh, it's, it's showing up on ours. So, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. We'll just put right, it on other interns. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not editing that out, by the way. The, the, the viewers need to know. Uh, I was trying to give you some more work, Alex. No, it's it, this. This is all staying in. They need to know how <laughs> how the PFJ podcast operates. 
and okay. have our unpaid intern screws things up. So, and I hope <laughs> moments like that make our listeners uncomfortable, and that's what we do. We make it uncomfortable. That, that is our motto here on Pro Football Jokes. Um, well, uh, I think that's enough talk in the Bengals. You know, they've had enough praise for the next <laughs> decade. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think that the biggest thing to happen all weekend, honestly, was uh, unfortunately for Jim, uh, the uh, the Ravens um, maybe not having the best game overall, but Justin Tucker uh, just showing why he's the best kicker of all time. Sixty-six yards. You didn't just break the record, you smashed it. You smashed the record. And I wouldn't say casually because the game was, you know, on the line. You had to had to make it. But I mean it's Justin Tucker. Any kick he makes feels kinda like, oh, it was easy. Even if it was sixty six yards. But it was crazy. I, I was just like I that play had me on the ground. I was like that blown away. You know, because you don't it I mean, every season you see a record get broken one way or another, but the field goal record is like that elusive record. Every you see it, people try to break it so many times. Uh, here I am getting so excited over this again. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, it's so it's something where, like, you know, eventually, it, you know, they say all records are meant to be broken, but like, eventually, people have to stop being able to break this record, right? Like, there's a limit to how far you can kick. But uh, Justin Tucker, just uh, I feel like it's only fitting that he should hold the, the field goal record. I feel like this the is slimmest of margins, too. Yeah. Just, I, I just feel like this could be an overreaction or not, but kickers are proof that evolution exists. We as humans <laughs> are evolving. And like you said, that, you know, that record keeps getting broken. When will it stop? But kicker's legs just keep getting stronger, even though it's Justin Tucker. He's been in the league for some time. You know, he's evolving right before our very own eyes. That's true. Science maybe, lesson. <laughs> maybe Matt Prater, not so much. Probably shouldn't have attempted that 68-yarder. But <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he had pretty good distance, pretty good distance and accuracy. Well, I, well, he, I mean, if you leave it in the field of play, then I don't, I don't know. I mean... Uh, again, like a great kick turned out pretty bad. Yeah, but well, like very questionable decision by by Cliff Kingsbury there. Yeah, you ha- well, I will put it on a spectrum of good to bad, and I'll give you a picture. So we have the Matt Prater attempt at a sixty-eight yarder, and then we can go back a long, long time ago to Sebastian Janikowski or Neil Rackers <laughs> trying like seventy-five yard field goals, yeah. and they just try to put too much power and shank it like in way to the left and like hit a fan yeah (laughs) (laughs) how funny would it have been if like matt prater hit that 68 yarder just for like and then justin tucker makes the 66 yarder but it's like not the record yeah it's old news by then yeah (laughs) (laughs) that that would have been good um well uh the kick was was fantastic Justin tucker is like i feel like he's like one of the like if if you're looking at each position and looking at who's the greatest of all time and the gap between them and the next greatest, like Justin Tucker might be, might have the biggest gap between him and the next greatest. I didn't even think he had that strong of a leg. I just knew he was accurate. I didn't know he had that type of leg strength, to be honest. Oh, he's, he's got, I mean, he's like, he's like deadly accurate from like 50 plus. Uh, apparently I heard, heard this. He's never missed a field goal inside the last minute of a game that's incredible 
Yeah. Uh, I do remember he missed that extra point against, I think it was the Saints. That was like the first extra point he ever missed. And then they just cut to a close-up of his face and it's yeah. just utter shock. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it, it's when they say, you know, he's never missed within the last minute, not, not entirely true, but still pretty impressive. Uh, uh, and should we hit on the rest of this game? I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to ask, are you guys worried about the Ravens at all? I mean, they were coming off beating the Chiefs to go to almost – Losing to the Lions at an up in for a crazy field goal in the fourth and nineteen. That uh, are are you guys worried at all? I mean, I've been worried about the Ravens from the our like preview podcast at the start. You know, I thought they just had too many injuries to deal with, and now Hollywood Brown has decided to forget how to catch a ball. I guess he was talking to preseason Jamar Chase, but <laughs> you can't drop, you know, like, what was it? Three easy touchdowns. And I still, like, I don't, I know Jamar, Lamar Jackson gets just a ton of praise, which, you know, he deserves some of it. But at the same time, I don't think he's as good as everyone's saying right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I got to agree with you outside of his rushing greatness. I mean, yeah. they may as well keep riding it. Uh, didn't see too many check-ins to that game, other than when I checked in and saw Tyson Williams in the fourth quarter had three carries for seven yards. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? This is not good for Pep's fix. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird when the Lions had had like, by far the worst rushing defense in the NFL, and they go against the Ravens, and then the Ravens don't. None of the Ravens running backs do anything on the ground, so... I don't know what was going on there. Um, I'm not super worried about the Ravens. I mean, they did just beat the Chiefs. Um, I, I, I know it's it's weird evaluating Lamar because like so much of his game is the running, run, his running ability, and like he's so good at it and so far above anybody else at the position that I don't know how to factor that in with the fact that he's not as good of a passer as other quarterbacks, but. It's uh, I just I don't know how to how to value him yeah, as a, a I mean, player. At the end of the day, if they're winning football games, it does not matter if I come on here and say like, oh, he can't, he's not throwing as well as you know he probably should be. As long as they're winning, it doesn't really matter. But I just imagine at some point they're going to run into a stretch of games where you know a team sells out against the run and dares him to win it through the air and i just imagine that's when it kind of all falls apart granted it's been three years and that hasn't happened but well i don't know, I mean, I don't know that it hasn't happened they some of their playoff losses it's sort of sort of happened um but uh, i i agree with you i mean they they have come from behind at points I and mean, became primed against the chiefs uh so i mean i put that on <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though. I mean, <laughs> well, just true. don't fumble the ball, dude. Right. But, I mean, they regardless, they came from behind. Uh, whether or not the Chiefs, you know, winning that game is another story. But it's, it was still a, a nice comeback. I, I don't know. I, I don't view them as, like, a Super Bowl favorite by any means. But I'm not, I'm not too worried. I, I, I don't see them missing the playoffs at this point. Um, and it's... 
I, I'll just bring this up real quick because I saw this situation happen a lot of times this weekend, actually, where for defenses finding themselves trying to defend the pass and not let the offense get into field goal range in the last minute of the game. Uh, but the offense did. The Lions defense really had just the worst <laughs> defense possible in this situation to set up Justin Tucker's 66-yard field goal. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember who caught caught that deep ball from Lamar. It was, it was Devin Duvernay, I believe. Devin Duvernay. Fourth and 19. <laughs> I mean, I hate prevent defense so much. That was rough. Yeah. Uh, it it was not the greatest situation. I mean, you have to give the Lions credit. They played pretty good defense. I know, you know, had Marquise Brown caught a couple balls, it would have looked a little different. But they played pretty good defense on that, in that game. They were getting pressure on Lamar, uh, got a few sacks. Uh, I, I think they, you know, at, at least stepped their game up from what they had done the first two weeks. So, Yeah, they're still it's fighting. Just, it's just, it's tough. I was talking to Jack after the game and he's just, we were talking about just how many games we thought the Lions could go through like that, where they are still fighting and still, you know, trying to eke out a win because they've kind of, they've been in it for the past three weeks. I mean, they had the crazy comeback week one, they're in it at halftime against the Packers. And then this one, after so many, just, just, (laughs) hard-fought efforts, and then you lose each one of those games, how long can you keep that up? Also, well, the, the delay of game just felt like the cherry on top of that. Classic line. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. The the refs are, are never going to gift the Lions one. So. No. Uh, but I, I think you can jump to feel safe about you know thinking this Lions team is going to go on 17. I don't think they're they're getting there. They're they're a good enough team that they're going to win one of these weeks. One can hope. <laughs> could be this week against the Bears, considering very well. The Bears be. only have a defense. I'm very <laughs> curious about that matchup. Actually, there's act. It, I'm I'm going to be following that one. We've got the juicy storyline that is the Bears offense and Matt Nagy, and who's even going to start there? Nick Foles, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. Flip a coin. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't. Ah, uh, man! If you bench Justin Fields now, I feel like that's pretty pretty damning of him. But uh, this this past week was about as bad as it gets. That that's like one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen, and I've watched the Bears for these past few years. So they <laughs> all come from the Bears, but. <laughs> It was particularly damning after we had spent quite some time last week talking about will we ever see the Bears score 30 points again. Not only that, they put up 57 yards of offense. I mean, it it was rough, and I felt really bad for Justin Fields. They they had one yard passing. Nine sacks against them. Avoided avoided going negative, so that's, that's good. I mean, David Montgomery and A-Rob do not deserve this. (laughs) It just sucks like their whole, I don't know what their original plan was with Justin Fields, but now with the Dalton injury, it's just all blown up. And it's funny that we were talking before the season started about like how maybe they want to try and put Justin Fields in at the end and it'll like help them save their jobs. And now 
I don't honestly know what could save any other job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Matt Nagy wasn't fired at halftime, honestly. like Yeah. That's brutal. Just absolutely brutal. And Kareem Hunt made sure to just take advantage of the the weak lackluster yeah. performance by the Bears, so good on him. And I mean, the Browns got that dub. Honestly, the Bears defense deserves credit because like they they kept them in the game for like the first half. This is I true. Mean, but the offense just couldn't do anything. Like how how are they what are you supposed to do for that long against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? Yeah, I guess I'm sympathetic to it because I've seen it happen to my own favorite team. I mean, I, I'm still pissed off about the, the John Beck start in 2011 against the Bills, oh, like God. speaking of the Bills. But, I mean, we were so bad, and it's so tough to, like, just watch your team and they can't even, like, just complete a forward pass. It's it's really a tough feeling, and I, I feel for Bears fans after last week. Yeah, uh, very, very tough, tough game to watch. I feel like I've, I've never heard – so many Bears fans just just so pissed off at their team. And it's funny how excited they were when the Bears drafted Justin Fields. I mean, you hope for Bears fans that this isn't just a sign of things to come for Justin Fields. I mean, there are so many problems with this offense, but he was he was a problem on, on Sunday as well. I mean, he was he it, a lot of those sacks were, were his fault. I mean, the Bears offensive line didn't do him any favors, but... Yeah, I'm sure going up against the Browns as your first game is not, or your first start, is not ideal. And yep. I still cannot believe that the Bengals lost to this team. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, not not great. Uh, but, you know, there's there's always next week. Maybe Matt Nagy cooks something up against this Lions defense. So we shall see. Hey, Alex, what are your thoughts on Odell Beckham, the return of Odell? Yeah, I thought he played very well. Um, it's It was nice to see him. Uh, he, he looked like he looked like Odell. He made like a, a great grab on the sideline. It ended up not counting because he was out of bounds, but um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a great catch. He was solid all game. You know, they didn't, they didn't do that much through the air this, this game, but. Uh, which is pretty typical of this Browns team this year. But I, I think with uh, Odell kind of coming into form, I think they'll, the passing game will warm up. They'll they'll get it going against, uh, once they get into some stiffer competition. I think this week against the Vikings, it could be a little more of a shootout and they get get a little more of that passing game going. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in that game. Is Landry still out? Yeah, he's on IR, I believe. It's unfortunate, right when they get yeah. Odell back, Landry goes out. <laughs> yeah, he's they've got a durable player. They've got Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples Jones, so <laughs> plenty of firepower. Hey, I'm still high on those guys. When I, it comes down to it, I think they'll have pretty good Peoples games. Jones and is actually is probably, pretty good. You know, the Vikings matchup is probably a good one for them to, you know, burst out a little bit. It's going to be a shootout, possibly. It will be interesting. Kevin Stefanski coming back to into Minnesota. Similar offenses. Uh, I, I think that that'll be a fun one to watch. Honestly. Um, well, Justin Fields isn't the only rookie quarterback who had a tough time of it. In fact, 
pretty much all of them did, uh, except for Trey Lance, who you know only has to come in there for a couple of stars. <laughs> if, if you're Trey Lance, like, are you just thinking, you know, I'll just I'll just stay on the bench? This NFL thing looks pretty hard based on what I'm, I'm seeing around the league. Uh, but uh, I don't know which which of these guys do you do you guys want to talk about first? I guess. Uh, I guess let's hit hit my guy Zach Wilson uh, again. Shut out for the Jets. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Not gonna lie, Alex. I was mainly watching Red Zone and uh, didn't see anything of Zach Wilson because uh, they didn't score. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't see too much of him either. I, I think this uh, uh, the the Jets are just just so bad all around. I I can't take too much from it. I'm going against. He's had such tough matchups: the Panthers, the Patriots, and now the Broncos. I mean, that's uh, not how you want to start your uh, rookie rookie career, um, especially when you're protected by this Jets offense line. And Corey Davis is your number one receiver. <laughs> uh, probably around there. I mean, uh, Justin Fields will catch him by next week, so. <laughs> It's uh it's it's tough sledding for the rookies and this week was rough. Uh, you know, I think New York Jets fans are probably already uh calling for Zach Wilson's head, seeing Sam Darnold go to Carolina with a three and record and looking all great and they've got Zach Wilson here. You know, Rich Eisen brought up a great point on his podcast. He, a Jets fan, was just talking about how he was basically just really pissed off at Robert Sala talking about how great practice is and how fast they look in practice and how like <laughs> we've seen so many other coaches do this. Gus Bradley, I am so sorry, but when Gus Bradley was the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he would talk about this all the time, right? In practice, their spirit, I find it hard to be matched. I'm getting these kind of vibes going into week four from Robert Sala. Now it's very early in his tenure with the Jets, but this is kind of how the team's playing right now. And it's going to be rough going forward. It's yeah, going to be look, rough. They look great in practice because they're going against themselves and they're just all terrible. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, well, let's let's not waste any more time on the Jets. But the, the Broncos, I feel, I mean, they've had the easiest possible schedule so far, but they, they've dominated all their opponents. So I... I think that I, I feel like the Broncos are a little bit underrated right now. Yeah, the the duo of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon looks great. And yeah, Melvin uh, Gordon's surprised me. He's been great. Just overall, the offense is just playing smart. You know, they're not blowing the crap out of other defenses, but they have really efficient drives moving up the field. It is unfortunate that they've lost Jerry Judy and now KJ Hamler. It'll be interesting to see how. Yeah, that's true. More handle those losses. More targets for Tim Patrick. The uh, you mean Cortland Sutton, the eleventh ranked uh, receiver in the league according to PFF. So they might have to get their former quarterback slash wide receiver Kendall Hinton. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's what they need. No, I mean I I love Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland Sutton's a beast. So I'm I'm not. I mean they have plenty of weapons on offense still. I think. Uh, uh, you know, they got Noah Fant out there, Alberto, the running back duo, as you're talking about. So I think they, they got enough weapons to sustain things on offense. And with that defense, uh, I think they'll 
They're, they're, I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see some of these divisional matchups in the AFC West because um, uh, one of these teams has to has to fall off a little bit, and I, I don't think it's going to continue to be the Chiefs. So, well, so it's not AFC West in particular, but do you believe more in the Broncos or the Panthers? You know, I feel like those teams are like very similar. Um, I, or the Raiders. I, the, the Raiders, are, oh my god. It's so <laughs> tough for me to answer this, but I kind of believe in the Panthers the most um, just because I trust their coaching the most. Uh, I, I, I do feel, really like Matt Rule. Yeah, I think Matt Rule is a, a really good coach, and I, I love their defense. I love the Broncos' defense, too. Like, I think I, I like the, I slightly prefer the Broncos' personnel, but I just trust the, the Panthers' coaching a little more. Um you know, obviously similar type of quarterback where I don't totally trust them, but they <laughs> they can, you know, be efficient given the right circumstances. So uh, I, I'm going to go with the Panthers there. Um, I don't know what to make of the Raiders. I, I, I feel like they do this every year where they look really good and then they fall off. So Exactly. I, <laughs> I well, it's just, just two overtime games. It's tough to say they've been – Dominant, yeah. I mean, uh, they've they've squeaked by a few weeks now. I mean, they've they haven't played pushover teams by any means, but I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't fully trust them. Their defense does look a lot better than it has in years past. I mean, that I, that I will say. You know, Max Crosby playing great. Casey Hayward, um, uh, Yannick Ngakwe is getting some pressure too. So. I love like just how next man up the Raiders are, you know, you're just, you find like the most, the name you least expected. And you're like, Oh, look at him. Like Peyton Barber had a hundred yard game on Sunday. <laughs> like he, I, I will say he quietly had a hundred yard game and it, he played well, but you're just like, Oh, Peyton Barber's backfield now. Like they're doing it without Josh Jacobs. Like, gonna see it happen with the wide receiver at some point willie sneed's bound for a hundred yard game or something i mean uh, we already saw the zay jones walk off <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> hilarious how they just gave Kenyon drake like a huge contract in the offseason and people were worried about him like eating into josh jacobs role josh jacobs got hurt and they still just they're like no nah, we're just gonna give it to peyton barber <laughs> <laughs> peyton barber the bell cow yeah <laughs> Uh, I, I got to agree with you guys, though, talking about the Panthers. Um, as long as they're not in fire drill mode still after losing Christian McCaffrey, they, they kind of looked like they were panicking big time, which any team would if they had a Christian McCaffrey. But the second half of that Texans game was definitely a different story without him on the field. It looked like their play calling got yeah. all jumbled. Chuba Hubbard uh, was a little confused. Royce Freeman looked a little better than him at some points. But um, other than that, they're, they are in complete win now mode this week. They obviously went out and traded away their best player, Dan Arnold to get CJ Henderson, the ninth (laughs) overall pick in the 2020 draft, you know, bolster the the defensive backs uh, losing JC Horn for quite some time, but yeah. Yeah. It's an, I think it's a good trade. Um, I, I I am worried about them without Christian McCaffrey, but hopefully he can return in, in a few weeks and uh, yeah, they get back on track. 
I also think they have a little bit easier path to the playoffs. Uh, I think the AFC is just just tough right now, especially that AFC West. North Dakota tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I guess we, we should hit on the other rookie quarterbacks. Um, we did go on a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, there's no structure to this podcast. We That's just... True. <laughs> there's a we lot just, of football, man. We, we got to talk about whatever the <laughs> f- we want. Uh, so, uh, who else did we not talk about? Oh, Mac Jones. How about uh, how about the Patriots? Uh, were you surprised by their performance against the Saints? This game on paper and leading up to this game has given me the biggest headache I can recall. Just trying to think what the heck is going to happen in this game. Fantasy implication wise, you know, sports betting props, peps picks completely stayed away from this game. I mean, I I just really didn't know what was going to happen at Foxborough, but certainly this game did. And we're in week four now. Jameis Winston has yet to even go over 200 yards passing. <laughs> the Saints defense is being talked about as one of the best, and they are playing really well. So let's give them a top five crown for now. And, you know, Mac Jones is just playing poorly. But the Patriots <laughs> offense, it kind of looks exactly the same way it did last year. Like they've got all these, you know, pieces from free agency, but it just runs the same way. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like we're seeing the impacts of those two huge contracts they gave out to who was it, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, and it just really doesn't seem like those are worth it at this point. They're not getting much production out of them. And I really thought, going into the game, I thought Belichick would be able to scheme something up with the defense to confuse Jameis Winston. And then... You, you know, can't I see the highlight. James I, with that he's, he's already confused. <laughs> when I saw the highlight of him like falling down and he just chucks it to the back of the end zone for Callaway and he caught it, I was like, oh, okay. It's going to be, it's one of those games. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, I, I, I can't believe, I can't believe Jameis got out of this game. Like, completing those type of passes, I, I don't even know how to say it. It's so surprising to me that. Jameis has lead such a boring offense because you can say a lot of things about the James Winston offenses, but they were never boring. He, even the game where he was throwing a bunch of picks, he was usually he was usually racking up yards, uh, moving the offense, and then you know making some boneheaded play like that play to Callaway that ended up as a as an interception. But I mean, I know he doesn't have a lot of weapons, so I mean maybe that's part of it i mean definitely part of it but i just would like to see him be a little bit more of a gunslinger honestly and you know go downfield a little bit more just to make this offense watchable (laughs) i get that you spent so much money in previous years giving out lucrative contracts to players so you're basically in debt now and you have like you couldn't go out and get these free agency players and michael thomas is hurt but like the offense <laughs> the offense still shouldn't be this lackluster yeah they should have I mean, traded for tim patrick they should have i mean it, it they have traquan smith deontay harris and marquez callaway right now and then Jawan Johnson, Adam Troutman, 
at Tony Jones, and of course Alvin Kamara. But what is this offense? Hey, you can't forget about the the one and only Taysom Hill. Yeah, he might be their best skill player. <laughs> they, they were running him quite a bit in that game. I thought he was just going to take over the job. They're like, wow, positive play here. <laughs> Any thoughts on Mac Jones's passing? Uh, I mean, there wasn't much passing to speak of. I mean, <laughs> he's he's been fine, really. Like, it, it, he's just, I don't know, he's so, he's also boring. <laughs> That's why this game, we, we were talking about how boring this game was going to be prior to it, and it just lived up to that. I mean, like, he has been he was fine the first two weeks. He wasn't even that bad in this game, I don't think, but they just couldn't run the ball. He doesn't have a lot of weapons, and he's not going to take many chances. So, like, they they didn't have – he didn't really give them any chance against a team that was playing better on this particular day. So, Yeah, I don't have much to say. I don't have many thoughts about Mac Jones, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know why I want to talk about these rookie quarterbacks. It's just kind of—it's really just a, a sad, sad day overall for them. I mean, it is like it feels like it's the first time in a while that all of them have just looked pretty bad. Yeah, I really don't remember a class like I'm not saying I, I don't think these guys are going to be bust by any means, but I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just saying that a class comes out and just struggles this much out of the gate. Uh, you would have thought it might have happened like last year with you know the COVID and you no know, you know the lack of the off season, um, so, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird that it's happening this year, especially with a class that people really hyped up. To say yeah, with five of them, especially with one that you know was considered Andrew Luck level safe. Yeah. And uh, his play has been anything but safe. He's thrown two picks in each of his first three games. So just don't to everybody out there. Just don't be that guy that goes, "Yeah, well, Peyton Manning set the record for most interceptions <laughs> thrown in his rookie season." Hey, Marty McFly, your DeLorean's over there. Nineteen ninety-eight is right around the corner. You can go live in that NFL. All right, like, just don't be that guy. And yes, folks, Trevor Lawrence threw an interception too. Water is wet. <laughs> yeah, they they were there uh, on the broadcast. They were saying the only other two quarterbacks throw two picks in the first three starts: Troy Aikman and Peyton Manning. So, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, Hall of Famer. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gosh. But uh, I, I think I think Trevor Lawrence will be fine, though. I I think this is obviously a terrible Jaguars team. Uh, you know, don't like seeing him throw a pick six when they were right in the game and that kind of tilted it. You know, they, they got the lucky, you know, field goal return for a touchdown at the end of the half. Again, just uh, what was that decision by Cliff Kingsbury? I mean, you know, Jamal Agnew has been like the best returner over the past few years. And you, you tried to try a 68 yarder. I mean, did you really think that was going to work? You're playing the Jags. This is you don't have to scrape the points. That's probably why he did it. Because the whole time Agnew was running that back, my head I was like, oh, well, this is pretty cool. But at the same time, 
I don't think the Jaguars are winning this game still. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, didn't I, I didn't think that either. I did. I was a little bit worried the Cardinals weren't going to cover the spread because I did bet on that. <laughs> but they did. They they ended, they ended up getting there. So, <laughs> so maybe that's the only reason I was I was concerned. <laughs> Hey, Marvin Jones, at least, uh, <laughs> is something for the Jaguars. That's something to look forward to every week. I think he might have one of those uh, seasons Jarvis Landry would have back in his days on the Dolphins. He's just going to end up with like a bunch of six, seven reception games and <laughs> you know, end up with 100 catches for not that many <laughs> yards this season. <laughs> I think it just makes me laugh seeing articles – about the Jaguars and how Urban Meyer reached out to Joe Burrow after drafting Trevor Lawrence to try and figure out, you know, what's the best way to kind of ease a first round quarterback into the NFL and like what he needs to do to make it better. And Burrow gave him some advice, like establish the run and like work on the line, scheme up some quick passes. And it doesn't seem like Urban Meyer's really cared to do that. (laughs) Like he's just kind of thrown Trevor to the wolves, yeah, and it's not look great. <laughs> did Did you hear when last week the soundbite of Urban Meyer talking to Vic Fangio and him being like, "Hey, it's this this yeah. league's tough. Playing it's like yeah. playing Alabama every week." <laughs> I'm used yeah, to Northwestern yeah. and Purdue, where we'd win seventy to zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's- as soon as I heard that bite, I was like, "Man, it's gonna be rough for the Jaguars here on out." Like, I one in sixteen would be a blessing for this team right now. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that that's not good. And yet, somehow, I still think there's a solid chance they beat the Bengals this Thursday. I just, <laughs> I'm always, I was very close to picking the Jaguars. Uh, that, pick that would be funny. It is a Marvin Jones revenge game. That's There's true. also just like a lot of injuries on the Bengals. Jesse Bates is injured. Wuzie and Waynes are injured. Higgins is injured. Mm-hmm. Riley Reef is injured. See Marvin Jones gonna feast against that injured secondary. <laughs> and he's probably gonna be matched up against Eli Apple. So I think <laughs> very Zach Taylor's probably smart enough not to uh, send his rookie kicker out there for a 68 yarder. Hey, I don't know. Evan McPherson <laughs> can do it. I would, if it was at the end of the half, I wouldn't even care. I would try it. The only thing I'm worried about is, I mean, I'm jinxing it right now, but McPherson hasn't missed a kick. So every time he goes, I'm like, uh, is this going to be the one that he like finally misses? <laughs> well, he's going to miss one eventually. Probably. <laughs> it doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. You're right. He could just be perfect for his entire career. That's what we expect. (laughs) Or he could just get a career injury like right this week. (laughs) That's honestly what I've been expecting. Like, you get a good kicker, and then some asshat, like, runs in and dives into his plant leg or something. (laughs) Pulls a Madden extra point on him. (laughs) It's like, when I injured Martin Gramatica and their their punter had to come in and kick the extra point and he missed. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we move into some of the better games of the week? Uh, 
let's start in the early window. There was Chargers Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs dropped their second in a row after they could not stop Justin Herbert. Not sure why the Chargers decided to go for the touchdown, except for the fact that they just are that afraid of their field goal unit that they know that they'll somehow screw up the 20-yard field goal. Gotta love a head coach that knows about the franchise's history. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was I. That that was such a ballsy call. So, <laughs> uh, just props to them. Props to Brandon Staley. Uh, I also heard on broadcast someone called him Brandon Stokely. No, that was Scott Hansen that called him Brandon yeah. Stokely. I was like, whoa, that is a throwback. That is a name I have not heard in a while. So shout out to Brandon Stokely. <laughs> Alex, yeah. you called this game perfectly. You said this one's going to be close. The Chargers are going to be competitive. Not only were they competitive, they came in and won that game. Uh, Justin Herbert looked fantastic getting the ball to all his targets. Freaking Austin Eckler was a stud. Mike Evans had another huge game. He's, I think he's the wide receiver two in fantasy overall in the season Williams? right now. I said Mike Williams, yeah. Oh, I thought you said Mike Evans. Uh, maybe I said I Mike did. Evans. Maybe it did. Whatever. <laughs> you know who I mean. <laughs> yeah, his emergence wasn't Jalen crazy. <laughs> it is wild to see him make such a like such a leap in his what third or fourth year, because it got to the All point right. where I was kind of thinking like maybe this dude's just. Just a, just an average receiver. It's uh, it's his fifth year, um, but oh, I, I I did uh, I did predict him as my fantasy sleeper. I drafted him in all my all my leagues. I was like, I was just trying to Congratulations. think. Congratulations! Thank you. I, <laughs> I, I was just trying to think like who is the next like you know is Chris Godwin and then Calvin Ridley and I'm like all right they were both number two receivers and very concentrated passing games very good passing games. He, and Mike Mike Williams started, just fit the bill. Uh, I think uh, he's kind of living up to it right now. I don't know if he's as good as those two players, but he's he's getting up there right now. And with Justin Herbert as your quarterback, that doesn't hurt. Uh, and uh, they're they're the the Chargers. Their secondary is playing so well right now. Asante Samuel looks fantastic. They yeah. they forced some picks on Pat Mahomes, and they just didn't want to return them at all. But they... <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's the Chargers. Yeah, they're like we know again. It's just they know they're cursed. They know they're just going to fumble it. So they're like, just stay down. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Herbert will take care of us. <laughs> He's not cursed yet. <laughs> But, yeah, good job by the Chargers. Uh, not really too worried about the Chiefs. Uh, I, I know uh, Andy Reid did uh, go to the hospital after this game. I think uh, he's all good now from everything I've heard. So, which yeah, is best for him? The Chiefs facility, so yeah, he should be good. Yeah, so uh, definitely glad to hear that. Um, I, I'm, I think the Chiefs will be fine. They still got Patrick Mahomes, so uh, not not. Not particularly worried. Yeah, and good on CEH for cracking a hundred yards after all that. Did he? That he mean Twitter yards? jargon. Yeah, my goodness. 
Yeah, and I believe he fumbled again. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, he did not play for I tried. Bill Belichick. You win some. You I lose tried some. to. I tried to stick up for you, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. I, I I like C. H. Uh, we'll see if he actually turns out to be be good. Uh, I I was very high on C. H. when he came in, so uh, I I hope hope that ends up. He's a beast at LSU. Yeah, I mean, I loved. I bet I loved him primarily just because he was a great receiver. I didn't think he was anything special as a runner. I, he was like just such a good receiving back, and the Chiefs just haven't really used him that much in the passing game. So, sort of weird to me. Yeah, that is really weird. Just the lack of Ceh in the passing game. It's yeah. something you. I mean, obviously, it's why everybody wanted him is his dual threat ability, but. I just have the Chiefs really been passing to their running backs much? Have has Pat? Yeah, I guess they, they don't need much? to. They're just like we'll just throw the ball to Travis Kelsey entire kill, and that that'll be fine. If if there's any sort of thing I'd like to see more from from the Chiefs, it is that. But who am I to ask Andy Reid or tell him what to do? He, <laughs> he's a genius. But maybe you should try using those running backs. To be fair, I don't even know who Mahomes has been thrown to because it hasn't been Hill. Well, this past week, yeah. it wasn't Hill. Uh, it wasn't Hill against the Ravens either, though. Yeah. Three receptions against them and five receptions against Chargers, which isn't bad, but... Yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey's out there catching masks every week. He's, you know, he's spreading the ball around. Hardman's getting some. Pringle's getting some. Threw a touchdown to uh, Fortson or whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> I like, saw Blake Bell get a catch, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs just figure it out. It's only you got Patrick Mahomes, you're fine. Yeah. That pick was bad, though. Not the no-look one. That one was just unfortunate. But the one where he's just on his back, back foot and he lofts it. And I think it was Kelsey who just kind of, like, stopped running. Just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, weird picks. Patrick Holmes can, you know, get away with a lot when you're that good. He's gonna try some, some ridiculous throws, and a lot of the time they work. So it's hard to get too mad at him for for him. All right, let's uh, move to the later window games. I don't think there are any other games to note in the early windows. Uh, we we talked a little about the Raiders. Uh, Dolphins game, but uh, I was it was a uh, good see Jacoby reset go out there and ball out. But again, I feel like there's a little bit of concern that like the Dolphins always seem to look better when two is out of the lineup. Oh man, we're going to that one. <laughs> Let's stir that pot. <laughs> well, they did start the game strong with a pick six. Um, <laughs> I, I mean. I, I just have to start with that last drive of the game for Jacoby Brissett, or the last Dolphins drive. I mean, he uh, that was a gutsy drive. He converted two fourth and longs, and then he had to go down, score a touchdown, and get the two-point just to tie it. Uh, Jacoby, you know, that's kind of what he did when he was the guy on the Colts, you know, converting those gutsy plays. I mean, it was not anything remarkable, you know, not crazy. It was a little ugly getting there, but he kept his team in the game. It was just unfortunate with that that defensive breakdown near the end there. 
Yeah, he's he's a great backup to have. I think if if you have to have your you know starting quarterback come out, he's a great guy who can kind of you know uh, come in there, play a few good games, keep everything steady. Uh, so I, I think the Dolphins are definitely happy to have him in, into his absence right now. And you know their backfield is still as weird as ever. Yeah, Malcolm <laughs> I was like, Brown oh, scored a touchdown. And... Yeah, I was like, is that Gaskin? Oh, it's Malcolm Brown. Stupid <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, Jalen Waddle. I like how they're using Jalen Waddle, except for uh, that <laughs> wide receiver screen inside 